Welcome to the Refuge Weekly Podcast. We are a church in and for the city of Orange in Southern California. The heart of Refuge OC is to introduce and reintroduce people to a clearer vision of God. To learn more about us and how you can get involved, please visit us at refugeoc.com. And now, here is our latest message. Ah, speaking of kids, beautiful thing in our household, we continually have opportunity as parents to make up rules on the spot. I don't know if you know this as parents, like I never figured it out. I thought my parents were just like given like an amazing treasure trove of information to be able to pass on as parents. And what I have figured out being a parent is I am making things up like that. Um, There are things that we make rules up all the time because some infraction has been broken. We never knew it was an infraction until it got broken. We're like, you know what? There's a rule for that. And let me figure out what it is, and I'll get back to you, all right? You did something, and we need to talk. Um, So we have these moments in our household all the time. One happened this week. I'm not telling you the story because um, that person would be very embarrassed. But if you want to hit me up after the church, I'll tell you. It's really, it's a fun story. Um, But our kids continually have opportunity to learn what um, grace is all about. How about that? Um, So do I, because I don't get it right all the time. But we try to pass on to our children in our home this idea of, well, if you're a part of this family, this is how we operate, right? This is how we do things. And I bet for many of you, if you grew up in a family, you're a part of a family now, you have certain characteristics that would go far and wide with you wherever you are. You're like, oh, that's that family. This is how they are. And I don't know if you ever tried to pull this. I did this as a kid, and my brother's here. We could probably attest to this together. Is I don't know if you used this excuse before, but, but you know, like Johnny down the street, his parents let him do it, and then my parents would say something like this, which I found myself saying this week. You're like, well, I'm not Johnny's parents, all right? You're like, stop making me Johnny's parents. I don't care what Johnny's parents do. I'm your parent. And this is how we are. This is what we are like. And this is the storyline in my mind when I read today's passage. So here as a church for Refuge, for the last year plus, we have been traveling through what's called the lectionary, the liturgical calendar, and we're entering the last month. And I want to bring you good news. If you're ready to, like, turn the page on 2021, it doesn't even have to wait till January 1st because in the lectionary calendar, the, the year ends this month. So we get to the end of November, and on November 29th, the new calendar year happens for the church calendar. So if you're ready to get to a new year, like, this is the month to get there. So you're ready, like, put your hands up, we got this. Um, But the liturgical and the lectionary calendar give us multiple passages of Scripture to read each week. And we kind of pray through them as a team, and whoever is speaking, sometimes it's me, sometimes it's Pastor Nikki, Pastor Sean. Um, Sometimes we have a guest speaker, and we're like, hey, here are the four four passages, choose. What do you sense God's going to say to you? So this week, the passage that kind of made a lot of sense to me, because of all these experiences with my kids, it's like, oh, it's definitely 1 John. So we're going to read three quick verses in 1 John, and I want to set up the scene for you, for where I sense God is taking us as a community today. John is writing to his friends in this small letter, and he says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, 
for we shall see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. And whether you get into that moment or you're like a person like me, you're like, I need to go back and read that again. Like, I want to hear these words that John is writing. And so much of the New Testament and a lot of Scripture is painting pictures of hope. Because the way the world is, is not where God is taking us. Because the surrounding landscape sometimes can get confusing, as if this is all there is. And I love even Randall giving us an image for us for what the city of L.A., our, our, our entire state, our nation is in. This is a season of famine. Like, if we all sense it's famine around us, then we're just like, oh, is it always going to be this way? Are we always going to be in want? But the picture that gets painted by John here is this picture of hope. Can you imagine what it would be like if we would all resemble one identity? And the identity is that we're children of God. What does it mean to be children of God? And that's like the theme that I have in my mind. If, if you're a part of my household, if you were to be a part of any event in the Fessler home, you would kind of get an understanding of how things work. Anytime with you, I would venture to say I'd get a chance to know who you are and how you work. But this is a bigger thing to consider when we, when we, when we take into to stock, what is it that God is calling his people? If we understand this language of, well, I'm a child of God, what does that mean? What does it mean to be a part of a family that looks differently to the world than sometimes the world is waiting for? What does it mean to be a part of God's family, which is a phrase that easily gets thrown around? And and for me, the the best way to give you a a visualization of this is to actually have a story be told. And so I want to invite my friend Officer Jude King from the Orange Police Department to come join me on stage because he's got a story that I want you to hear. You can clap now. You can clap after. I, uh, I first met Officer King. Actually, I didn't even meet him. Yeah, yeah, let's make sure it's six feet, sir. Thank you. Um, and it's like there's going out on the visuals, so I'm not sure if your superiors care about it more than mine do. So we're good. Um, my wife is an elementary school teacher, and she has had Officer King's kids in her classroom. And I always knew him as the officer who showed up, sometimes with the canine dog, to the elementary school and gave, like, the visualization of, like, what does it look like to have a canine, like, go after the, the, the drug box? Like, is that what she brought to school? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. You do the drug box. I think awesome. that's really cool. Like, I, w- I went to career day one day, and they're like, hey, could you read at the local elementary school? And I showed up, and kids are like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a pastor. And then, like, the next guy who shows up is the canine officer. You're like, there's no, I can't win in that situation. I'm just a little sad that we didn't dress the match today, so I, you know, I'm a little disappointed. I tried to figure out what is it that I could possibly look like to get as good looking as you. I know, well, yeah. Good yeah. vitamins, good genes. But uh, <laughs> Officer King is a part of our city here in the city of Orange. We love this community, and part of the heartbeat of our church is figuring out ways, how do we actually love who is here? And our police department is a part of that, right? But I heard from friends, to be real honest, um, they're like, you got to have Jude tell his story one day. And so I, I go into conversations all the time, Jude, and i got to always figure out, do I have a question to ask that will take it someplace meaningful? Right. And I have three questions that go with me wherever I go. Okay, I'm going to need those written down. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Three questions, and I'll give them to you all up front, and, all then, right. and then I'll let you begin to meander through the story that you're going to share today is, um, where were you born? 
where'd you grow up? What's your family like? Actually, the fourth question is, what's your God story? Right? Those, are, those are great questions. So I figure you can get to know anybody around coffee, sitting next to the, them in the airplane, not with the middle seat, obviously. Um, just kidding. If you have questions, ask those four questions, and you'll figure out a whole lot about people. But I want to hear your story. So first and foremost, before I get started, I, I want you to know that this is my story. Each and every one of you have your own story, and we're all writing and currently in the, in the, in the process of adding lines to that story. Today we woke up, we all came here today, and we wrote a little line in that story of our life of where we're going and where we came from. Uh, my story is not any worse. I, I don't like to think of it as worse or uh, more difficult than anybody else's. I just want to think of it as mine and my personal issues that I had to deal with or problems or hurdles. Um, I grew up, I was born in Denver, Colorado. Uh, my mom never graduated high school. I never knew my father. My father was, um, I learned later, was a career criminal. He, um, he made a lot of poor choices in life and decided that he was going to uh, commit robberies and um, victimize people throughout his life. I never met him or I don't remember ever meeting him. Uh, and so he's, um, he's in jail he's been, and he's been in prison for quite some time. Um, my mom, I have a younger sister who's two years younger than me and then I have a older sister who uh, has only contacted me on social media. At certain points in your life, right or wrong, I decided that the more family I have in my life, the more stress. So, I... Uh, <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> okay, there's a few... Uh, right, yeah. So, um, that's that. So, it's my, my mom, never graduated high school, my sister, and me. Uh, and my mom, um, um, bless her heart, made... Uh, make, has made and continues to make poor choices in life. We all have choices, and that's one of the gifts God gives us is, is the ability to make choices. And uh, in, in, in uh, Colorado, when I was uh, seven or eight, uh, she, did, she was dating a gentleman who got sentenced to prison. Um, he got sentenced to prison. She was his pen pal, and she started uh, writing back and forth. She uh, racked up a lot of credit um, on, on, um, on uh, uh, credit of... Uh, cards. Toll, oh, no, what are they called? Like uh, pay, what do you call it? When you're, uh, uh, for phone calls. And um, so uh, he's in jail. One night, I remember being eight years old, we pack up the um, station wagon, we drive into an alley, and this guy's jumping over a couple fences. He's jumping over fences, um, he gets in the back of the station wagon, we have everything that we belong, and little did I know that we were helping him escape from prison. So we, uh, my mom, um, my sister and I were in the station wagon. He jumps in, and we drive straight from Colorado from this prison where we escape, helped him escape from to uh, California. We arrive in downtown Long Beach. Um, at that point, the next morning, I wake up after uh, staying in a hotel room, and he stole everything we own. He stole wow. the station wagon. He stole our money. He stole all of our clothes, my mom's ID, everything. Um, I'm eight, my sister's six, and my mom has no high school diploma, and she is now considered to be, in her mind, a fugitive and probably uh, uh, being chased by, looked for by the cops. Um, I remember driving and I remember hiding from the police. I remember um, uh, ducking down. I remember m making them the bad, bad guy in the entire story because of decisions that she made. Um, so there we were. We had one more night in the hotel, and we had no money. We had no resources, we had no family, we had no friends, so we were homeless. Um, I lived on the streets for four years um, as, a, as a kid from uh, eight to about 12. Um, and when I say on the streets, I mean like in and out of um, um, 
different shelters a couple times, but they have rules where you have to be in and out at certain times. My mom wasn't good at following those rules, um, so we were in and out of the shelters. Most of the time, I don't know if you guys ever drive down to Long Beach, as you exit off the 710 freeway onto 6th Street, um, there's an over uh, off-ramp right there. Um, that's where I slept. I slept underneath an off-ramp for uh, almost four years straight um, as a kid. Went to school every day. My mom uh, made sure that I was going to Although she had some um, bad qualities, I did go to school, which I am very appreciative of. I would wash and I would take showers and I would bathe in different faucets that I would find on industrial buildings on the way um, when I would walk to school. Nobody knew it. We would spend Thanksgivings in different um, shelters and different churches that would feed us. Um, I wasn't active in church at all, at all as a kid. I actually remember being dragged there, kicking and screaming because I was just, I felt judged a little bit. I remember uh, vividly sleeping on the, um, near the flood control one night and a family um, um, drove by on their bicycles. They had helmets. They were very safe, had knee, knee pads. I remember it all very, very, very jealous of the knee pads. They were all, <laughs> and I'm, I'm in a sleeping bag um, sleeping next to this um, old uh, railroad track. And um, I remember the family looking at me and all of the children laughing and pointing and um, I felt a lot of shame, and I, I, I was maybe like 11 years, uh, 11 years old. I became very, very angry at, at a lot of people, um, and mostly people who were, I felt better off than I was. Yeah. Uh, sooner or later, my mom uh, decided she was going to take the plunge. Oh, you sons. Yeah, I'm, I'm working right now. No, I just turned. Uh, so, uh, just tell him the story. You told me when you, we had okay, this meeting. He did it again. Okay, so this right here is a, um, a body cam. It's activated uh, at a wide variety of different times. I have a couple motor officers that say hi to the kids after the meeting. They just showed up. They know I'm in here. So they, act, so they can activate my body cam. <laughs> They're messing with them outside. They, they can activate my body cam. And I, I can turn it off, I think. I've never actually turned it off. I don't know if that's a rule. I think that's a all right, we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, so anyway, was I still homeless? Yeah, I think so. You were uh, still sleeping? homeless. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Was it shame? Sleeping? Shame. Knee pads. Knee pads. Crying? Was I crying then? Not yet. Oh, I cried a lot. No. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, there I was, um, you know, and I didn't, I didn't feel happy about my, and I, but, it, um, and my mom finally uh, applied for welfare. She got on welfare. She got on a couple of different things under uh, an alias. Um, I had aliases growing up. I had different names that my um, that uh, credit, my mom would get credit cards and uh, uh, cable in my name throughout my entire life, which I didn't know until I was 17 years old. I go to try to get a, a phone and I have thousands and thousands of dollars in debt because um, when I was 11, apparently, I um, uh, ordered a bunch of clothing online, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, so we get in, we, uh, she finally gets on welfare. We get an apartment, and we, uh, we move around a lot. She still has very, very bad choice in men and um, very bad choice in the people that she's bringing into our house, a lot of drug addicts, a lot of people who would, uh, we would have a TV, and I would wake up one day, the TV would be gone, that kind of thing. Um, so I never liked to be at home. I, I didn't want to be at home, but I found refuge, and I found refuge. I found uh, um, a comfort. We'll pay you later. No, yeah, right. Okay. That's right. <laughs> Hashtag. Um, I found comfort in um, playing basketball and sports. I was the only white kid in, in my entire neighborhood. I had red hair and freckles. I had like a triple whammy. Um, so <laughs> I was I was chased a lot, and I was. Uh, 
tried to get punked a lot. So I, I learned how to, number one, run fast, right? So I was able to run very, very fast. But then I learned how to fight, too, unfortunately. Um, but before those two things, I learned how to play basketball. And I played basketball every single day of my life to get out of um, uh, being at home. I would go to school every day. I love school. Uh, free lunch. That's where I ate most of my meals, which was great. Um, and, um, but even then, um, they would give you lunch tickets, which was an identifier that you're very, very poor um, because the state would give you these little kind of clip-off tickets that you would have to pay, and anybody who saw that it would make you more yeah, of a target. Yeah, yeah. So I'm playing basketball. I'm probably 15 years old, 16 years old right now, and I would play outside of a church, uh, First Christian Church of Long Beach, um, and uh, it was a dying church. It was a, it was a church of um, a lot of... Um, 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 well-aged people, and they, um, um, with, with young hearts who loved life, but their church was just not doing well. And so they would bring, they brought in a bunch of college students from Hope International, uh, PCC, uh, to come in and try to revitalize the church. Part of the revitalization was uh, a basketball program. And um, they, I was okay. I played basketball pretty well. And uh, so they asked me to play with them. And I would only go to play basketball, and then I would leave. And I started to feel very, very guilty about that. And I felt like and it, and it wasn't, I don't think it was anything God was putting on me, or maybe in a mysterious way. But um, um, I, I started playing basketball. And then sooner or no, before you know it, I'm involved in the church. I'm active in the church. I'm giving my life to Christ in this church. Um, I was baptized in the ocean in Long Beach. I, um, I found refuge in this place of these, of these people who had n no idea who I was, where I'm from, or what I'm about, but they accepted me. And they um, took me in. Um, long story short, my mom continues to make bad choices my entire life. I was a pretty good student, uh, pretty good athlete. And um, uh, when I was a senior, uh, junior, she decided she's going to move to Vegas. And I said to myself, this is not a good choice for me. By this point in my life, I've decided, you know what, I've, um, I think I make better decisions. So <laughs> I'm, going, I'm not going to move. Yeah. And um, I drop out of all my sports. I become a janitor at my high school. Um, I, 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 the same classes that I'm cleaning or learning at during the day, I clean at night. Uh, um, and I get a job. Um, I find my, my wife finds me. She finds me. Yeah. We find each other. And I'm um, 16, 17 years old. And um, where'd you meet her? Um, oh, Craigslist. And uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> no. So my um, so that is also a God thing. My pastor at the time was a youth pastor. He had a New Year's Eve party, 1999. And to get us out of getting in trouble, all the boys. Um, uh, from getting in trouble, he had hosted a party. And he said, you know, come here, I'm going to bring some good girls from Whittier. <laughs> Whittier where the girls are prettier, okay? Oh. That's right. So she's going to, they're going to bring these girls. And uh, sure enough, one of them um, was a youth pastor's daughter. And I ended up um, marrying that youth pastor's daughter and creating an amazing life. Um, see, I can talk about me like being homeless. And I could talk about, but I talk about how happy I am right now. I get a little weird, right? So um, anyway, <clears throat> so yeah, I'm happy. So, uh, <laughs> um, but my life would not be the same if I did not, was not taken in by some elderly churchgoers who saw an opportunity to instill in me and to plant a seed in me of faith, 
to treat others the way I should be treated, to be respectful, and to and what love really is. Yeah. I thought I thought people in church were soapbox. I thought they were the people uh, pointing fingers instead of the open arms and and yeah. somebody inviting you in. Mm. Yeah. So. Uh, so, so just a little high, uh, around the around the back story. Um, three of the people I grew up with, uh, one of them just got out of jail after doing uh, 15 years for uh, involuntary manslaughter. We're actually going to see him Tuesday. He, we talk to I talk to him every day. He sounds like he needs a hug. Uh, the second one, uh, one of my other buddies I grew up with, is homeless on the streets. My sister, um, I tried to take in a few times. Um, she's actually um, living. She was uh, living on the streets for a while. Um, and my mom is, um, uh, continues to make poor choices, uh, which, um, I have to deal with and I have to decide on what I'm going to do about that. But, um, she's in Vegas, um, or Texas. It changes. I don't know. Um, every once in a while, I am currently a, a sergeant for the police department. I'm on the SWAT team. Um, I'm, I was a canine handler. I worked the gang unit. Um, and a lot of that and all of that is because one day somebody came across the street and went up to this little redheaded white boy playing basketball and said, let's go, come on. Yeah. That's it, right? Like I love um, when I come across this idea that we are children of God, what does it mean to be a part of God's family? It actually means being the kinds of people that welcome people in and allow them to experience who God is. Because your life, Jude, has been forever changed because of those moments. And in like the quick, quick version of the story, we're like, maybe we should start a basketball program, right? Like, but that's not it. Like, who are we as a church in this community? How is it that we welcome people in to give them an opportunity to taste and see that God is good and to have their life changed forever? That has been our hope ever since this church ever began. And I think you give a glimpse into that, obviously a, a, a fast-forwarded version of that because mm -hmm. we see you now and we see what you're up to. Um, we've talked, and, and he doesn't have to, to say all this kind of stuff. Um, his captain knows that he's here today. He is not fearful or shy about telling his story. Um, but what I love about who Dave, excuse me, who Jude is, my buddy Dave is also in the crowd. Who's a, a, he's a cop. He's uh, a get out of jail free card with orange Dave Fullerton, yes or no? Yeah. Fullerton yeah. also. <laughs> three three <laughs> right? Um, but it has not been the easiest year to be a police officer. And uh, even knowing full well that we would be inviting Officer King here on this day, um, someone even said, are you sure? And I said, of course I am, because we are people of the kingdom. And yes, while we sense the, um, the turmoil within our land, we also recognize that God has made everybody, including police officers. And so we want to be the kind of place that says, thank you for what you do. Oh, yeah. It hasn't been easy. He told me stories last time. Yeah. yeah. Jude told me stories last time we met to kind of talk about this a few weeks ago about how the past few months have really, really been taxing and uh, the kinds of places that he and his fellow officers from Orange have been called to be in haven't been the warm and fuzzy moments. And it's more than just the emergency calls that they get. It's trying to stand in places to, to provide peace and when you actually show up to provide peace in an unpeaceful place, it's very hard. I will say that when you see a police officer, when you see somebody like this, this is not part of this at all. Um, just remember that they are human. They are people. They are children of God. They are f just like me. 
although my wife thinks I'm perfect, they are, we are not. Nobody, we all have flaws and we all have struggles. We all have good days and bad days. Um, I like to give people a, a grace. Give them, give them an opportunity to be as nice and as possible, as, as cordial as they possibly can. Um, I see a lot of familiar faces out here that, that I know, and I appreciate this opportunity. Um, I'm actually working today, that's why I am in uniform. Um, but um, this is the kind of thing that I think is very important with building this, this link between the community and somebody who, you know, you see me out in the field, you see me out in the streets, you might think, oh man, that guy is, you know, I, I, this is a very arrogant look that I have, which is <laughs> like a very intimidating look, right? Um, it's, but we are all people, we are all, we are all, folks, Cherie, stop. We are all, uh, we all, we all, we all fall short of the glory. And um, just give them the grace. Um, I, I pray for your guys' safety in the ups upcoming weeks. Um, pray for the officers that, that I supervise and that I work with. And um, I just thank you for this opportunity. Appreciate it. Jude, it's been our pleasure to have you with us. Um, if you're okay, can I pray over you oh, yes, and yes. the Orange Police Department? Um, it's cool to see one of the chaplains from the Orange Police Department's here. Yeah, yeah. I saw Danny walk yeah. in. Good job, Danny. Um, you don't even go to this church. I'm glad you're here, man. Thank you. Um, you guys cool? Let's pray over Officer King and the rest of our, um, our friends from the Orange Police Department and neighboring police departments. Lord, you are amazing at writing amazing stories. You have captured a little red-headed, freckled boy's heart. So long ago, you have changed his life forever, and you've given him a sense of who you are and the justice and righteousness which with, you, with, with which you pursue, and you have made it known into his life, and you have changed everything. You introduced him to a girl that changed his life, and you continually leave marks and fingerprints along the way. We are grateful for Officer King. We are grateful for our civil servants who do so well to bring peace wherever it is. And I pray for your continued protection and safety over them. When they are on call, may you be right there with them, whether they, are, they recognize your presence or not. But today we say thank you, because today is a glimpse into what does it, be, what does it mean to become your children? It means that we welcome people into your family and our lives are changed forever, God. This is what it means, and we are blessed because of it. But go forth from here with Officer King, with his fellow officers from Orange PD, and be with them this week. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week. We believe in community and would love to connect with you. If you have any questions or would like to speak to a pastor, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at RefugeChurchOC. We hope to see you again soon.